Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Want to hear my top five? You want to hear it again? Sure. You want to hear it again? Jordan. Sure, let me know. Kareem. Russell. And you know who the fourth one is? Magic. Who's, who's the fifth? now you know who's in my top five? I'm not going to say nothing right now. Kobe Bryant. Come on. That's my top five. Argue with me. That's Paul Pierce. Kobe's in. LeBron's out. You buying it, PK? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. More titles. Better in the big moment. Opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody gets to have one. I mean, he went to Inglewood High School. It's it's where the Lakers practiced. I mean, I know that uh, he was playing at that time, but nevertheless, those are his strong roots, so he has some connection. He has three of the five are Lakers. It's not coincidental. True story. And he beat Kobe and the Lakers for his title. Might as well elevate the guy you beat. Yeah. Lakers forward Jared Dudley says it's a misconception that the NBA would resume its season in a bubble location that is so closely monitored that players would be restricted from exiting the premises until all the games are finished. You'll be allowed to leave, Dudley said on a video conference call with reporters Wednesday, citing conversations he's been privy to with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and Players Association Executive Director Michelle Roberts. Now, just because you leave, if we're going to give you leeway, if you come back with Corona, you can't play. Disney World is the clear frontrunner as a single bubble to host all NBA teams and games, according to the stadium network. I wonder Duh. how many guys will be leaving, how often, and how many positive tests they'll be. Uh, how could they possibly forbid you to leave? I mean, were they going to have armed guards? <laughs> <laughs> Did I need that to be said? Of course you can. And especially when you have players uh, whose spouses are pregnant and guys are going to be leaving. How about their girlfriends who are pregnant, too? That, gonna... too, probably, yeah. <laughs> I like you. Everything falls in a neat little box for you. Well, guys whose at... spouses who are pregnant. I'm looking at 905, <laughs> and Joe Ingles is coming on, and his wife is pregnant. So there you go. Okay. Well, and I'm looking at the other 95% of them. Yeah, they may just send a check to the girlfriend. You know, uh, oh, you got him even being a girlfriend now, too, huh? <laughs> NBA teams are expecting the league office are going to issue the guidelines June 1st to start ramping up. Allow franchises to recall players who've left the markets. That would include Mike Conley, who's in Columbus, where he's, uh, he's living in the offseason. His wife is from there. He did a Zoom call and talked about that. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. We've had eight weeks to, to work on testing. We've had eight weeks to kind of go through this. Um, all 50 states are in some version of reopening right now. But what happens over the next eight weeks, I think, is really what's critical, um, especially to our sport. And, and really, we need to be back probably eight weeks from now. We need to be back by... July 20th or so if we're going to open the season on time. And so there's still plenty of time in there. 
Um, it's just you, you got to defer to the experts in this. UCLA coach Chip Kelly. The countdown is on. Now, the NCAA Division I Council voted Wednesday to allow voluntary on-campus athletic activities to resume in football and men's and women's basketball starting June 1st. The NCAA says the status of other sports will be determined via electronic vote at another time. But for the football teams, June 1, they're going to be able to start doing stuff. So another step on the road back. Yeah, I mean, they've been told that. They're, they're, they already know that. They're gearing up for that. Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith says Wednesday his athletic department has run several social distancing models to consider having fans in the stands at games this fall. Now, Ohio Stadium has a normal capacity of more than 100,000. Right now, they're looking at a crowd. They've been modeling 20,000, up to 40, and possibly 50,000 if guidelines are relaxed. So again, we see the multiple plans going forward. Be prepared for lots of scenarios. Well, I told you yesterday that I had information from an NFL player that said there would be, depending on the stadium size and whatnot, there'd be 10 to 12 to 15,000. The house stadium there sitting right off the freeway in Columbus speaks seats 102,000. So yes, they're going to have some fans. It's not going to be zero. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. When he gets full control of the offense, um, when he's really out there dictating and, and really telling guys what to do and how to do it, um, I think when he gets that control and his confidence gets, you know, to that level, you know, he, he, he's going to be a monster. Obviously, you know, those last couple games, he kind of built that confidence. I'm assuming now, you know, but just, just more games under his belt where that confidence just, I mean, it just flourished. And just when he walks and talks, you could just see it come out. I think he's going to be a bad man. That's Melvin Gordon right there. He used to play for the Chargers. He switched. He's with the Broncos now, and he's pumping up the quarterback, Drew Locke. Happy talk from the new guy or a peek into the future, which Bronco fans certainly hope so because the quarterback play has been <clears throat> bad. I don't know. We'll be able to see once that happens out on the field. You can say he's going to be great. You can say he's going to suck, or you're going to say anything in between. And nothing that not none of that really matters until you get out on the field. So, I mean, we just don't know when they make that jump from high school to college and college to the NFL, who's going to be great and who isn't, and how's it going to play out. And number one picks, two number one picks this year, basically were demoted and lost their jobs in Winston and Newton. Uh, so, I, and there, Tom Brady at 42, 43 years old is a six-round pick. You know, you look at uh, the uh, Buccaneers, and they're considered to have the best offseason. So I can't really say. And if Gordon has that confidence in him, that's great. I hope it works out for him. I don't care. I mean, you're going to force feed the Broncos on us all the time, at least have them be decent. An unnamed NFL player is suing United Airlines, alleging he was sexually harassed, assaulted, and violated by a female passenger on a February flight from L.A. to Newark, New Jersey, and that the airline failed to properly respond to the complaints. According to the lawsuit, the player and another passenger in the same row made four complaints to flight attendants that the woman was making unwanted sexual advances before she was moved to a different seat. Yeah, you know, that, we laugh at that, I think, but I think that's real. And I recall one time, this is a true story, that I was on a work trip and I was flying and I was sitting in the uh, window seat and there was this gal in the middle who was clearly drunk and she was all over me and I'm trying to brush her away. I didn't 
do anything to uh, tell the, uh, the flight attendants or whatnot. But I kept trying to push her away. And we got off the flight. It was a short flight. And I get on the rent-a-car thing, the rent-a-car shuttle to take it over because a lot of them are off-campus or off-site, I should say. And I tried to ditch her in the airport. Well, sure enough, she comes on the rent-a-car shuttle and is doing the same thing. So I texted my wife to call me immediately. And I had my I made my wife stay on the phone with me until we got off the rent-a-car shuttle and I got to the counter so I could get this gal away from me. It was disgusting. And she was clearly drunk and all that stuff. You could you could smell it and all. So I don't necessarily think it's a laughing matter. I'm sure we would chuckle because obviously 99% of the cases are the other way around. But those things do happen. Well, the unnamed NFL player has a suit going against United Airlines because they didn't help him out when he wanted some help. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The Oakland Athletics have uh, not paid their rent to use the Coliseum, according to the interim executive director of the Stadium Authority. Harry Gardner told the Bay Area News Group yesterday the team informed the Stadium Authority it could not pay the $1.2 million annual rent that was due April 1, citing the COVID-19 pandemic. We got a clause in the contract which covers extraordinary events such as a pandemic. Use that as a reason for not sending the rent payment. Only a matter of time until we see more COVID lawsuits, PK. Maybe this will be a high-profile one right here. Uh, yes, uh, had situation uh, personally involved with that force majeure. I think is yes, the way you call exactly. it. Force majeure provisions. Yes, and that and I have been uh, greatly informed of that provision here, and what that means and what it stands for. An act of God, an earthquake, or whatever's written in. If it's a force majeure, if you go to an employment uh, lawyer specialist, they'll tell you about it. Uh, so that's out there, and if it's in the contract you could have the opportunity to use that. wonder what's going to happen there. I mean, there's a lot of speculation that the Athletics will get a new stadium in the parking lot there because the Warriors, the Athletics, and the Raiders all played in the same complex. If you drove the freeway by there at any time, if you're on vacation or a business trip or whatever, they were all right there. Two of the three have left, and there's a lot of speculation they'll Cut down on the cost of the stadium. They won't have to acquire land. They'll just build a baseball stadium in the parking lot and then tear the Coliseum down. They may leave the arena up. But uh, if there's a big old ongoing fight over money, that might uh, make it a little harder to negotiate all of that out. So we'll see what happens with the uh, with the Oakland Athletics future in the Bay Area and, and with the Coliseum. All right, DJ and PK, that is what is trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Craig Bolerjack stops by for his weekly visit. That's at 8.30. Joe Ingalls is here at 9 o'clock. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, stay with us. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With 
Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Joining us now, the former Ute. He's the one and only Christian Cox with us here on the Big Show. Not having spring ball really hurts the quarterback development. Obviously, you don't get a lot of teaching time with young kids at college because you do a 45-minute meeting and then you're on the field and you're getting all the reps. And so it'd be interesting to, to know how the team's been able to, to, to keep teaching fundamentals, just more of the X's and O's of the playbook. These quarterbacks need it. There's been some rumors kind of 50-50 if they're even going to do games. And this feels like we went from full lockdown and then two weeks later we're fully open. They may modify the season. So however this shakes out, we'll see. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes of Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. We will light up your day, Master Electrical. Question of the morning. None other than Jay Glazer, says Saints coach Sean Payton wants Taysom Hill to succeed Drew Brees. Quote, he's a bigger Lamar Jackson. Peyton likes him that much. Did you think you would ever hear that? He's a bigger Lamar Jackson. Peyton likes him that much. Close quote. You ever think you'd hear that from an NFL coach? And PK, I'll bat lead off here. Got to fill a whole segment, huh? All I got for you is, no, absolutely not. I never thought I would hear that. Well, that's why I bat cleanup. <laughs> there it is. Step in. <laughs> Fastball coming. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, what did he win this past season? Uh, he won the, uh, the uh, uh, top seed in the playoffs. Wasn't he league MVP? Yes, he yeah, did. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. <laughs> so, Papinga, who's viewed as crazy, and that'd be Brady, not Kelly, <laughs> uh, floated that out there, and uh, people went nuts. And yesterday, Jay Glazer, you know, he's Mr. NFL for Fox, right? You should see if we can get him on. He's a Fox guy. We ought to be able to get Fox guys on. Uh, I'll make a phone call. That uh, that statement there, that that's a strong statement. And he is, I think that's a two-part statement. I think Glazer's saying that he believes Hill is a bigger Lamar Jackson, and then he's saying that Sean Payton likes Hill to succeed Breeze. Whether Breeze has one or two years remaining remains to be seen. We'll see what happens if he can stay healthy. Last year he missed some ball games, obviously, and they went with Bridgewater. But Sean Payton clearly has a lot of credibility offensively uh, as a coach. That was his specialty. So there's two parts there. I think Glazer's comparing it to Jackson. Uh, and Jackson's an NFL MVP. Now, I went and looked at that quote last night on Twitter. Yeah. And, it, of course, it divides along racial lines, which most things do. We don't want to talk about that around here. But uh, a lot of African-Americans were just so upset by that comparison and thought it was a major insult and it was racial, racially oriented and charged. Uh, so you have that going on there. And it does seem like someone who has just thrown, what, a handful, two handfuls of passes is being compared to an NFL MVP. Yep. For, for me, that does seem outrageous. I mean, we're looking at, if you want to go athletically, Okay, I can see it, but it's not about athletically. It's about production out on the field, and Hill has done nothing to even be in the same letter. Forget about sentence or paragraph. He's done nothing to allow him to even be in the same letter as 
what Lamar Jackson has accomplished. There's just it's not even close. It's a, a to Z, maybe not Z, but certainly Jackson has been an A, and and Hill hasn't come close. He hasn't been given the opportunity. So it's not necessarily a knock on him. It's that he hasn't give, he hasn't had the opportunity to compete at that level. He's come in as a specialist, and the crowd gets all excited. And he's a nice story, but it's almost like it's a nice story in a circus-type atmosphere. He's going to come in and do something that's just going to wow you. You know, he's not going to just go, uh, it's third and nine, and he's going to throw a nice 10-yard out for a first down. That doesn't seem like it happens. It seems like it's all or nothing. And I was watching the, a replay of them when they played, they played the uh, the Niners during the regular season, didn't they? In addition, obviously, correct uh, down in New Orleans. Yeah, there was a playoff battle. Uh, the Niners go to the Super Bowl, and you know there was a few plays where he, and he got in there, and you know I guess you'd call it a wildcat and gained a yard. Uh, but we don't seem to remember those. You know, those things don't get Twitter. Twitter gets lit up when he does something that is unusual for a so-called quarterback. That's why. If he was just viewed as a uh, a player, I mean, if Gronkowski did what Hill did, there wouldn't be that big of a deal outside of throwing the touchdown passes. But as far as running and uh, catching the ball, well, Gronkowski obviously can do that. But we don't get near the excitement somehow because when Hill does it, it seems like, and especially here when then all the BYU fans go berserko and put that stuff out there because that you know that's he's their guy. And all that stuff, and I get all that. That, that makes all that makes sense. If if I did that for me, my guys are college guys, and once they go on and leave college, uh, good luck to them. But I don't take any special gratification. James Harden can score all these points; it really doesn't mean anything to me. He's scoring these points for the Houston Rockets. Good for him, but it's not like the, it's not like there's a big connection there. Uh, so. With that, or I don't really pay attention to ASU basketball, but uh, ASU football. Nikhil Harry catches touchdown passes. Great, great for him, but he's not catching touchdown passes for ASU. So I don't have that connection, but around here they do. So I don't really see yet. I can see that Glazer can say, oh, Sean Payton really likes him, because that, that apparently is true. So I don't have any problem with that. But comparing him to Lamar Jackson seems outrageous right now. There's a major difference. There are parallels in their stories, but there is a major difference, and I think Lamar Jackson has beaten some big odds, and if Taysom Hill is going to be Lamar Jackson, he's going to have to beat the same big odds. And without Sean Payton saying it, I thought it was already implied because of the contract they gave Hill. You give someone $21 bucks, 16 guaranteed, that I don't, I don't think there's backup quarterbacks making more money than that. You can prowl around and you know look for backup quarterback contracts and tweet them at us. But this is the whole uh, one. Of, well, not the whole, but it's a big chunk of the the problem with you know why doesn't Cam Newton have a job now? Well, because Cam Newton's got uh, a resume and he's got the the status and he's got the rep and he's get paid like a starting quarterback. But the starting quarterback salary slots are taken. And backups peak at uh, in the five to seven million range. Uh, Taysom's a little higher than that here, so like, he's top end backup quarterback. So I assumed when he got the contract, the Saints, which is really Sean Payton, think they see something in him. The thing that Lamar Jackson and Taysom Hill have in common is they are both 
great runners. They make electrifying plays in college. Let's just stay in college right now before we get to the pros. In college, but in college as quarterbacks, they just weren't very accurate. Now, Lamar Jackson was so electric in the ACC, and maybe this is where playing – I don't play in the West Coast, playing the independent schedule. You know, maybe maybe playing in the ACC got more credit for it, but they both struggled to complete the ball at the rate a high-level college quarterback, forget a pro, a high-level college quarterback ought to complete it. Lamar Jackson was routinely in the mid-50 percents. Taysom was all over the place, but partly because he was hurt so often. And that also, I think, you know, hurt him going into the NFL, whereas Jackson had three years basically healthy. Hill... Uh, in flashes, he'd throw the ball and complete 60% of the passes. But the, the two years that he played full-time, he completed 54 and 59.7% of his passes. Well, that's not good enough. You're supposed to be up around 65. Now, he had a year. Taysom had a year. He only played five games, though, and he got hurt. He had a year where he completed 66% of his passes. He comes to the pros, and what you said about Twitter and the electric play, like when he hits on a big pass play or he makes a big run, you know, Twitter goes nuts. It's a highlight. They'll cut into other games. All the studio shows will embrace it. But as a quarterback in the NFL, I'm looking at stats right now, he's 6 of 13. Is there anything about that that screams starting quarterback in the NFL, let alone MVP? I mean, if you just look at that, it looks like his accuracy issues haven't changed since college. And if you're going to win in the NFL, you got to be more accurate. And Lamar Jackson debuted in the mid-50s his rookie year, and he, I think he started you know, half the season that year. Last year as a full-time starter, his completion percentage went up into the 60s. And the highlight plays, the fans will get excited, and Twitter will embrace the crazy 20, 30, 40-yard run. I mean, Mahomes had one in the playoffs, right? That run, can you still see it? They're going right to left, and he cuts down the left side and uh, makes multiple guys miss inside the 10-yard line. It was a great touchdown. It was a highlight. But Mahomes' bread and butter here is the guy is freakishly accurate and will cut you up with his arm. You can't run routinely through an NFL defense. You're going to end up getting hurt. In key moments to make a big play with your legs, that's awesome. But you're just not going to do it drive after drive. Lamar Jackson, he got there. And you can say it's just one year, but when you're 22 years old, most people who coach quarterbacks, who played quarterback, will tell you it's hard to get a lot more accurate. Most people are largely as accurate as they were. Sometimes you can tweak the mechanics and get a little better. A guy who in college, Lamar Jackson's numbers, 54%, 56%, 59%. He's trending up. And he's always making plays with his legs, right? And he's doing it against the ACC. And he gets in the NFL and he's at 58%. Last year at the age of 22, Lamar Jackson takes that MVP leap because he completed 66% of his passes. Now, he's still not fling it for 4,000, 4,500, or maybe 5,000-yard guy. You know, he's not going to put up the Drew Brees, Dan Marino numbers. But he doesn't have to. If you have the right defense, and if you can run the way he can— and that's good enough. So I think you can still have an eyebrow raise and say he only threw for 3,100 yards, but Lamar Jackson looks like he fixed his accuracy issues, which from everything I've been told, and I've never played quarterback, from everything I've been told is really hard to do. So I don't get the assumption that Taysom Hill is going to do it. Now, Sean Payton must have seen something in practice. They must know something because they're giving him 
16 million guaranteed. Maybe 21 million, and that is high-end backup money in the NFL. That's as good as you're going to do as a backup. So clearly they believe in him, but we haven't seen it on the field in games yet, and we have with Lamar. What they have in common is they make highlight plays with their legs, and in that regard, if you want to compare the two of them, I'm fine. But in my mind, I value NFL quarterbacks because of what they can do with their arm, and Lamar Jackson made the leap to 66%, and we haven't seen Taysom do that yet. And I've been told by people who know way more than me about quarterbacking that that's really hard to do. So I can't assume that Taysom is going to do it. I didn't assume that Lamar was going to do it. But Jackson did it, so good for him. And he's now top-tier entertaining quarterback. And if he sustains, assuming he doesn't take some big step back, but if he sustains that mid-60% completion rate with the way he runs, well, he's an elite-level quarterback as long as he can do those two things. Yeah, you keep saying that uh, Taysom's a backup quarterback. That's only part of his job description. I don't think he's getting paid the $16 million to be a backup quarterback. He's getting being, a, being paid $16 million to do a lot of things offensively. I think that's why he's getting the money. So to say it's $16 million and it's overpaid for a backup quarterback relative to all the backup quarterbacks, I think that's misleading because that's only part of his job description. Uh, he hasn't won the backup quarterback job. You've anointed him the backup quarterback, but he didn't win it last year. And didn't Winston sign with them? So how do I know that he's going to be the backup quarterback? I mean, I don't think he, that that's been decided. I'm not going to give him a position that he hasn't earned yet. He's earned a position on the football team. That's obvious. So I don't, I'm not worried about the money because the money is something that they decided to pay him and good for him. Great, great That's awesome for him. I'm glad he got it. He's a good, good kid and be rich. It's better than being poor for sure. So you think they paid him that to be that a receiver? To do other stuff. You think he paid him that to be a receiver? I think they paid him to. I think he's a jack of all trades. He hasn't won the backup quarterback job. He hasn't earned it. So I'm not going to give it to him. The, the Saints aren't giving it to him. They, they, they've got other guys, at least one other guy, and he didn't. He didn't, he didn't have it last year. So that's where I think the stretch to Lamar Jackson is even greater, because. He hasn't won the backup. He's not guaranteed to be the number two quarterback. And if Drew Brees gets hurt or for whatever reason needs to come out of the game, I don't know who's going to go in. They haven't told us that this man is going to guarantee to be the backup. All I know is that last year when that happened, Hill didn't go in as the starter. So I think he's paid to be a receiver or a runner or everything everything in between. I don't know how many special teams he's going to play anymore. I mean, didn't he, he block a punt and everybody went uh, berserko around here, too, when he did that? Yeah, we were told he's going to be taking off some of the special teams, some of the coverage units. So, you can see that. You know, is, uh, I mean, he's been part-time jack-of-all-trades. 19 catches? Yeah. You know, it's not, that's not a full-time receiver. I mean, if he had 75 catches, that would be something else. But he had 19 catches last year, and he ran it 27 times. So that's – what is that? That's less than two carries a game, right? 16 games, 32 the, carries. That's the funny thing with him. I, I have doubts whether he could be a full-time quarterback, but yet for positions that he hardly plays or rarely plays or sometimes plays, I don't have any doubt. <laughs> I don't have any doubt that he could be a full-time receiver. I don't have any doubt that he could be a full-time running back, <laughs> provided he could stay healthy, of course. But his skill level is off the charts at those two positions. He could be all pro. That wouldn't surprise me at all because he's that awesome. 
he's that fast. He's big enough. He's plenty big enough. And he, I mean, he runs like a deer, man. We've all seen it. The balance that he has while he's going full speed and can shift and run and jump over you, run over you, run by you. He can do it all. He can. So if they were to put him at another position full time, and I'd even say over on the defensive side, you can't tell me he couldn't. He could probably play linebacker and safety, and he couldn't. He would do a. I think he would do a pretty good job. Now he hasn't played those. Probably did when he was a kid, obviously in high school and then in the youth stuff. Uh, you'd never want him off the field, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me. The only and I can't say it's a surprise, but the only thing that I'm not going to be all in on is him being a big time NFL quarterback. But Sean Payton thinks he can be. That's awesome for him because what that means is that he'll get the opportunity. And that's really all that matters is you get the opportunity, and then it's a put up or shut up. You know, It's a league that's based on production. Professional sports is, you know, can you help me win? If you can help you win, I mean, I just saw the, the, the thing this morning, that Alden Smith for the uh, Cowboys now being talked about being reinstated. I mean, he has a slew of off-the-field problems, but they believe he can help them win. So that's really all that matters. If they can help you win and you haven't killed somebody, <laughs> probably going to get an opportunity. And the Saints obviously believe that Taysom Hill can help them win, and he can help them win at these other positions. And if Peyton thinks he can help him win as a starting quarterback, he'll get that opportunity, and that's all you want. And then it's up to Taysom Hill to see what he does because I believe that Sean Peyton knows what he's doing to the level that he'll put Taysom Hill in the best position to succeed, and then it's up to the young man to go out and succeed. And that's the cool thing about it. And in the process, as he's biding his time until Drew Brees calls it quit, quits, he's rich. And he's playing football. <laughs> he's got to be having the time of his life. Well, he and he deserves does. it, yeah. He, he clearly does. You can That's see awesome. Him, you can see him coming off the field to the sideline. He's loving it. The coaches are loving it. The players are loving it. Yeah, I guess maybe you take that $16 million and you carve it up and you say there's a couple million for those catches. There's a million for those runs. There's another million for the guy who keeps the team pointed in the right direction, energized, pumped up. That's worth something. Oh, I think and you're right, Winston Bridge, Bridgewater was the backup and got the five starts last year, and yeah. maybe it'll be Jameis Winston this year. Yeah, and when you watch the – was particularly in a home game, maybe not as much on the road, but when it's a home game down there in the Dome, the place goes nuts. So they're undoubtedly getting return on their investment in merchandising. His teammates sure certainly sure uh, seem to really love him, and they're all excited. It's almost to the point where it's embarrassing how much they're excited because it's like the it's like Taco Fall for the Celtics. You know, it's a blowout and Taco Fall is dressed for that game. And so the crowd is chanting his name. And what's his face? Brad? Uh, what, what's Brad's last name? The Stevens. coach of the Celtics. Yeah. And he, he sheepishly looks over and he goes in. The crowd goes nuts. It's almost like it's a little bit of a circus. Now, his production would indicate that it's not a circus, that he's a legitimate NFL player. Uh, but his teammates love him. The crowd goes nuts, and he energizes everybody. And obviously, by all accounts, he's a great kid. We've seen that. We know that uh, for what we've seen over the years. So he's going to be a standard bearer as far as what you want as a player representing what you want your team to stand for in the community. That's already a given. That's, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. That stuff's locked. And that's what it's going to be with him. He's as solid as they come. So all that stuff adds up to it. 
I really want to see him get an opportunity to be a starting quarterback because I know he can do the other stuff. There is zero doubt in my mind. I mean, he was a one-of-a-kind athlete in college, and even in the pros, he may not be one-of-a-kind, but he's a rare breed combining all that he has. So I want to see him get that. I'm intrigued to see if he can do it because when he was in playing in college, I thought no way. As a starting quarterback, now as an NFL athlete, absolutely. And so uh, it sort of seems like Breeze, this is his last year, but he hasn't said that, and who knows. He can come out and, and whatever form of season that they have, he can just – he can just kill it this year. That wouldn't surprise me. And just think, hey, man, I'm, I'm still playing very, very well. And the team is pretty good. Uh, the division now has gotten a lot better all of a sudden with uh, obviously with Brady. Brady in there. Yeah. And, so, and Gronk going down there too. And Arians is a quarterback coach himself and knows how to produce that. So that's going to be exciting to watch. So who knows? It might be. And well, Taysom's got to be at 30 by now, isn't he? So uh, He's 30. He'll be 31 this season. Yeah, his birthday's in August, if I remember. Uh, he'll get the opportunity when he's 32, 33. That'll be unto itself unusual. That, that rarely, if ever, happens. You know, what was Stallback? He had to go in the military, right? And so what was he? By the time he took over, Stal- how old was he? Stallback and Steve Young, a couple of late bloomers. Yeah, I don't think Steve Young was a late bloomer. I think it was a late opportunity to bloom. But, you know, he had a big-time college career. I, I didn't ever see him play. Uh, but by all accounts, he was just awesome, right? Uh, so I think he was—he got the opportunity late, and he chose not to uh, demand a trade or any of that other stuff that maybe he could have gotten an opportunity earlier. Uh, it seems like in today's world, once you become a free agent, if you have one good start at quarterback, they pay you a boatload of money. That seems all funky the way they do that. So uh, that, that, this is going to be really interesting to watch. And it's and I hope he I sure hope he gets this opportunity, and then it's up to him to see what he can do with it. He's got to be more accurate as a thrower. That's the whole deal. If he has that, then the Lamar Jackson stuff. Okay, maybe there's a chance to make those comparisons. But right now, I mean, that that's a big leap to ask of a quarterback. It was a big leap to ask of Lamar Jackson. He made it. Now is Hill going to make it? That's what we sit and wait for. Because I just don't think you're going to win much in the, in the NFL completing 55% of your passes. It's too many incompletes. That's too many zero-yardage plays. That's too many drive killers right there. You know, you just, the, the, the best quarterbacks are all up in the mid-60s. You've got you to gotta find a way to get there. And you still got to be pushing the ball downfield. You can't dink and dunk forever. I mean, there's certainly a lot of dinking and dunking in the NFL. There has to be because of the pass rush and keeping quarterbacks healthy. But in the moments when you do go downfield – you gotta you gotta be on the money and make the plays. Uh, you know it's uh, the days of slinging it downfield, play after play. Those, those are long gone. It's an, not everybody calls it the West Coast offense, but that whole thought that the ball's got to come out quick so the quarterback doesn't get hit that is all over NFL offenses. All right, DJ and PK. When we come back, what were you watching? We will get to that next. DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Mark Arlen, Athletic Director at the University of Utah. Have you had many conversations with Tom Homo in regards to the potential season opener? Well, I'm checking in on Tom just to make sure he's working. <laughs> um, sometimes he answers a call. Uh, sometimes he's not. Sometimes I hear a backswing. Yep. No, Tom's been great. He and I have spoken on how we're each approaching this, how we're leading our respective organizations in this very challenging times. Um, but we're particularly talking about return to our facilities and, and safety protocols. And we're both working with the Jazz, for example, getting best practices and others. So, you know, it was, I've always said with BYU, you know, we take on those guys and gals on the field and courts. We want to get after them. But in something like this, it is pure teamwork. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my Join Hans and Scotty Friday, 10 to 2 at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orm. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. PK, I tried. Yeah. I failed. I kind of knew I'd fail, too. It's kind of me. But I tried. You know, we do this segment. We started doing it. We never used to do it because you know what we watched. We watched the same game that you watched. Whether it was a, you know, Sunday night NFL game or a jazz game or a Uter Cougar game or whatever. You, we were watching the same stuff you were watching. There's no point in talking about it. By this point, we had already talked about it. But now it's different without the games. But NASCAR's back. They're trying to make up the races they missed. They race pretty much every weekend. So they've decided they're going to race on Wednesday nights and cut down on the travel, right? So Wednesday night they're racing on the same track they raced on last weekend in Darlington, South Carolina. And I turned it on, and I watched it, I would say, less than five minutes. And then I turned the channel. So I'm not, you got how many left turns? I'm Three? not a NASCAR guy. I don't know, because they're cutting a different thing. I don't know when I'm watching the same and when we're back with the leaders. I didn't count them. You know, it was a few laps. Oh, whatever. So I tried, and I'll be curious, uh, you know, the, we, got, we, we all, I think, hold to the theory that the sports that come back first before everybody's back are going to get these massive ratings because we're all craving stuff. Now, NASCAR is a niche sport, right? It, isn't, it doesn't have the NFL, NBA appeal to, you know, lots and lots of people. But it's a, you know, it's like golf. It's a pretty healthy niche. It's been on TV, and they've been making money off it for a while. And I wonder if people are doubling down on it. I can't answer that because I'm not interested. I never have been interested, never have been interested, nor will I ever be. So I wouldn't even contemplate watching one second. Flipped over to uh, uh, ESPN 2, and they were running episodes 9 and 10 again. So I got sucked into that for about 10 minutes and then, then moved on since I'd already seen them. But there they were. They're going to they're gonna run the Jordan stuff. If you missed it, you got your chance to catch up. They're rerunning it. It's out there. What would you watch? Uh, I watched the uh, game six. They called it on its regular ESPN. They called it the movie, 
because they had different camera angles. Mm-hmm. And, and and you hear Costas and Isaiah and Doug Collins give the play-by-play as they did, but it wasn't uh, focused like uh, when they were somebody was shooting a free throw. The, the cameras on different things. And sometimes it's on the crowd. I saw David Hasselhoff. I didn't know he was there. <laughs> the Hoff. They showed him. <laughs> yeah. Saw him walk through the press box in Vegas at one of the Vegas Bowls when he sang the national anthem. He had a little entourage with him, acting like he was something. You could tell he thought he was something. And it was, I think it was the night uh, one of those games they played. It was really windy. And so he sang the national anthem before the game. And I saw Majerus sitting there, sitting next to David Falk, which means Falk better curl up because if you sat next to Majerus, he basically took more than one seat. <laughs> And uh, so they had that game, and I watched the whole game. I actually, I literally watched the whole game. And I've come to the conclusion that Jordan did not push off. He tapped off. <laughs> Fine line. It was not a push. It was a tap. It was a tap. And Russell was yes, off balance. If you want to consider a tap off a foul, then blow the whistle. But if you don't want to consider a tap off a foul, don't blow the whistle. And they had the deal on the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Isley shot that didn't count and the Harper shot that did count. And then they touched on that a little bit. Uh, And and you had both those guys, uh, Collins and uh, Thomas and even Costas, saying that one should have counted and the other shouldn't have. Uh, But then, too, also... I watched the uh, probably first 15 minutes of Channel 2 News before I went to bed. Yeah. And they had on a gal who said she delivered the pizza. I thought we were all hot and bothered and we had some kid or some guy who delivered the pizza. And now she's saying, no, she delivered the pizza on your station. Last night they had this. The other guy uh, had been, uh, is it Craig? I think it's Craig. Craig Fight. Craig Fight, yeah. Craig had been on uh, a day previously or two days previously. I don't know. They had done something with him. So I guess it's not inconceivable that people order more than one pizza. Was she the delivery driver that drove him to? I didn't get into it. I heard him talking about it in the hallway while I was editing something else, but I did not get into it. No, 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 no. It can't be because they didn't deliver two pizzas to MJ. You can't please all the people all the time. Only one entity delivered the pizza that he ate that supposedly gave him food poisoning. It's not conceivable that they ordered two separate deliveries and he got sick from that. That's a bunch of crap. If they were up drinking and playing cards all night, I think it's totally conceivable. There's no way. (laughs) And if they were writing their memoirs or Uh if they were practicing yoga, I mean, you just made that up. Sure. Under that scenario that is completely and totally made up, yeah, it's very conceivable. Sure. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want is conceivable, yes, but it's not real. Did she say Nobody she was there that. with five with five delivery people? Because that was the whole that was I, the part of the story that stuck out to me. Is it like five people deliver a pizza? I mean clearly they're all going along trying to gawk. I just don't know how they get five would get up past security onto the floor. Well, if you call down there and say, hey, we've got a pizza delivery guy coming up, let him up. That takes care of that. If, if you didn't know how to do it, I just One solved that issue. Not five of them. Gawking. I, I have no idea. Oh, there's two things. I don't really know and what went really, on. And I don't really care. <laughs> 
and it's 20-some years ago, yeah. and I thought it's one of the most overblown stories ever. What yeah. difference does it make? We're just trying to add to his legend that the fact whatever ailment he had, it had no bearing on the game. They won the game. He won the sixth title, and they all went their <laughs> separate ways. The end. I think that was the fifth title, though. I think it was the, the year before. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was, it was the flu game, pizza game. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Game five. Uh, so the the one part that bugged me in the in, when they there was one in the whole there's only one in the whole town they make it sound like they're staying in Salt Lake City you were in Park City in the nineties <laughs> come on it's not like you were staying in the heart of downtown Salt Lake yeah I know but it's it's just politically correct to crack on Salt Lake I, I know Jam, Jamal uh, what's her name uh, what's her last name Hill Jamel Hill uh, yeah I mean she had a thing that basically implied that we're all racists. You know, she can get it. Certain people can get away with saying basically whatever, and it's okay. Other people say it, all hell breaks loose. So we, it's the world we live in. So, yeah, it's it's politically correct to just crack on Utah and Salt Lake. And Salt Lake, get, Cowtown, you're, next. You're not going to get any blowback, and people are just, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just, you're just going to feed a stereotype, whereas if you feed a stereotype on a stereotype that somebody doesn't like, well, then they go nuts. So... That's you just have to put up with that, but uh, yeah, I think it's, Channel Two's in direct opposition to Twelve Eighty. Your two employers are they're battling right now. What one saying one, one saying the other. What? Well, you'll take the middle road, is what you'll do. But yeah. uh, and this this is crazy. And this, I took the road more often traveled the middle road. <laughs> Rewrite the poem. I didn't even get on the road. <laughs> you're just you're just bushwhacking off through the, the countryside. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a road or not a road, but <laughs> this thing of the pizza stuff, who gives a flying you-know-what? It had if, if they would have lost because of it, then that would have been huge. But the fact is he hits some winning shots and they win the game, so it's a complete and total non-story relative to the competition. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Craig Bolerjack's coming up at 8.30 and Joe Ingles at 9. Stay with us.